Okay, John, where are we this week? Well, I'm going to struggle with that. I'm going to have to get a local man to actually answer that for you because we're either in Lisvarnan or we're in Lisvarinan, and I don't know which. We're in a beautiful village. That's the main thing about it. And it's the capital of the Glen of Aherlow. And, of course, the Glen of Aherlow is fantastic. It's famed in song and story, and it runs lovely from Galbalee in County Limerick and Moor Abbey over there, over to Bansha. And we are right in the centre of it here in Lisvarnan. I call Lisvarnan for the moment anyway. But the main thing about this, we're always me at the Glen is, when you go to most Irish Glen, mountain glens, there's very, very poor land. You go down to the Black Valley down in Kerry, you go up into the Sleeve Blue Mountains, loads of valleys, but very, very poor. People wouldn't go up there. And what you have here is you have the perfect situation, a beautiful setting, as you can see here. But the great thing about the Glen was, of course, it has fantastic land as well as that. So it's a very fertile place as well as that. The problem with that is it's great for the Irish as well as that, but also, of course, the problem is when you, anywhere you see fertile land, the planters, the people who came in after the Cromwellian plantation and that, they would see it as well and they would look for that land. And of course behind us then we have the Shlieve the Muck range which is a fantastic uh, lovely range and beautiful walks in that and you can go here from Miss Vernon but as well as that then behind us we're looking up behind there and we can see the great range of the Galtee Mountains towering above us. So that's one of the great views that comes from here from the Glen. And you have of course then, I'm looking at Greenland up there, Galti Beg, the small uh, Galti Mountain, Galti Moor, which is the highest. It's also the highest inland mountain in Ireland, and it's beautiful, bathed in sunshine today. And then we come over Carrigabina, Koshabina, and then we go on over to Temple Hill, which is kind of the main uh, mountain on the west of the Galtees. A fantastic range, but a great fastness as well as that, because unlike the Comoros and unlike the Knockmeal Downs, you ca- if we're going to get up to you want you want to get up to any of the peaks and the Galtees, you have to slog it from the glens because unlike the Cumbers and Galtees, there are no roads leading into the Galtees. So it's a great fastness and that probably attracted a lot of people to this area, particularly uh, all kinds of maybe rebels and sometimes rogues as well as that. But I mean, I have a kind of a general idea of history, but there's nothing like what the local people would think about it here. Because last week we covered Liam Lynch and we were out in Grange. We're continuing in that vein again this week. We are. I think we're right in the heart of the Civil War now and at this stage we're in September and in effect the civil war is over. What has happened is there has been the Battle of Dublin and the um, the Republicans, they want a republic, they were driven out of Dublin. But what really finished them was, they then tried to hold a Munster Republic. But the Free State soldiers went down and they landed at Cork. Now you think the most ferocious brigades, the most successful, including all the ones, including Tom Barry and uh, Flory O'Donoghue and Liam Lynch, who we mentioned, were all had their brigades down there. And yet they totally, in three days, the Free State Army had taken the city. And I think effectively one once that happened, once the Republic had been breached, the war was over. It was then a question of maybe sorting out old scores, sores and that kind of thing. And it's just as well we're in September here because it would be a pretty un, it wouldn't be a nice sight if you're talking about uh, September uh, sorry, if you're talking about November and December. But what we want to do is get into the thing. And one man who has fascinated me all the time, and of course a lot of the rebels came here, is Dan Breen. And I don't even know how he managed to survive. He came out of more scrapes 
And yet he went on to be a TD and live until he was 69. He was shot so many times, he barely escaped so many times. But a man who might explain that to us and who knows all about that is Michael Moroni. And Michael Moroni, I suppose, is, embodies in one body the spirit of the Glen. So, he'll, uh, so tell us about Dan Breen and his escape here. You're going into April at this stage. The Free State Army came here. It's reported there was 1,300 of them came on and there was only a group of fellas inside the people that I know you mentioned Dan Breen you had uh, Dinny Lacey and Paddy McDonough and Paddy McDonough lived in this house here we're uh, here on Main Street you're here, well, well, what's effectively one street, Main Street yeah, yeah, in this yeah, yeah, across from right. the school and just yeah. down a bit and they had a shop and thing there you know and they did their business and everything but they were very republic and his sisters were there as well and where you'll hear about Dan Breen and he escaped out the back Jerry Kiley was not so lucky, another fearless fighter. He had shot Daly, one of the free staters, and had wounded English. And he jumped out over their bodies and out, and he says, come on, we'll take them on. But he didn't realise that there was 1,300 against three or four men. Breen had only a grenade. Jerry had his thumb gun, and he had another rifle as well. He shot Daly, and he wounded the other man, and then the bullets were gone out of that one, so he had his other gun, but that jammed, and he coming out onto the street. And as you can see, there was a ditch of style here. It has gone to style now, but he went out over, and it was dark at night, but the moonlit night it was. They saw a shadow, and they just opened fire on the shadow, and it was actually Jerry Kiley they shot. And there's and he, a monument here, Mark. There's a monument up awesome. here that there is to, to him, and the anniversary is coming up. Next year in April, the men that escaped out the back was Dan Breen, and again he went into isolation. There was people there to take him. I could name houses here, which are better not, <laughs> down the village, or both sides of the village, Dan Breen stayed in, because yeah. he still talked about, and that he actually made it up to a house up there and got, was able to get away. He didn't get wounded now, Wendy. He said afterwards that his head was wounded because of Jerry Kiley being shot. I know we're going to take a tour of some of the, the main spots right, in that yes. escape um, that, as well throughout the morning. Yes. But I just wanted to ask you then, why was it that Dan Breen had such support? What was it about him that has made him such an iconic figure? Well, Dan Breen, you see, tis the men that were with him, you know, they all looked after him. Like, he was the name, everyone adored Dan Breen. Dan Breen was like a god. Again, surrounded here in Ahala one time, where we're going to be going after is the dugout where he was captured. Yeah. We're going to go to it later on. But, I mean, at that time he escaped and all around him were captured. But, as they said, he just vanished into thin air because the Galti boys above. Like, I only know two places. I only know the Rebels Cave and I only know this took out. And I only know this because of people I met. And I was talking to Father Iggy Donovan. And Father Iggy Donovan's uncle was captured with Dan Breen, like another man. He was Donovan and Ryan. The three were captured above by the Free States. And here's another man. Here's a relation of Paddy McDonough now. Paddy Boyce, you're now living in that infamous or famous home now where the incident where that yeah, led exactly, to Jerry Kiley's death. Yes. Were you always aware of such a, the, the strength of the history behind oh, the I was property? never sure. I was aware by my, my grand aunt who was here the day that, that Jerry Kiley was shot. She was a sister of Paddy McDonough's, who was vice combatant, who was shot with Dinny Lacey a couple of miles over the road. How would she have spoken about it through the years? Well, it taught us everything that happened. Yeah. Taught us that uh, she pleaded with him not to go out. Dan Breen was in the house, he was injured, he went out the back door. And Jerry Kiley went out the front door. He shot a Free State officer outside the door. And uh, then he continued up and shot himself up there. We didn't really look at it at the time when you're young as history, do you know? Yeah. It's only now sure it's been spoken about at all. 
in hindsight, what did they all die for? You know, I should have, they didn't achieve much. They were great men though, all brave men, weren't they? The bravest of the brave. Okay, John, the significance of where we are now, we're, we're, we've left Lisbon, and just to describe to our listeners where we are. Yeah, we're off, we're down in the Glen now, we're down at the monument to a person called, uh, well, they have Dennis Lacey up there, but everybody will know him as Dinny Lacey. But the interesting thing is, apart from people who are interested in history, very few people will have heard of him. Everybody will have heard, mostly in Ireland, of Dan Breen, Sean Tracy, Seamus Robinson, those. But what always amazes me about Dinny Lacey was, he was the commander of the Flying Column here, the Tortipere Brigade, and he was involved in some of the hardest, the toughest battles. He made it virtually impossible for the British to rule down here. Yes, you find that it is, you know, you hear about the Tom Barrys, and we've spoken about the Liam Lynches and everything else, and we hear very little about uh, Dennis, Le- Dennis Lacey, and I don't know an enormous amount about him, so I'll hand you over to a man again now, Michael Maroney, our local historian, and he'll fill in on Dennis Lacey. Now, Michael, I know this, um, this monument is here, but it's not the spot the where spot, he was no. killed. Yeah, the, the exact spot is just a couple of fields down here that there is. And also here is, uh, as you can see, there is uh, Frank DeWire and Ned DeWire. They were two young boys that were taken out uh, of, of their home and just shot because there was an ambush in Bansha. The Bansha barracks was burnt and that these boys were taken out just in retaliation. They just picked on these two boys. They weren't there at all. Unfortunately, that's not unique during this time. I know, that is correct, yeah. A year later, or three years later, Dinny Lacey is escaping out of a house down here. The Free State Army came on him again, and they were here on the intention of a peace, of a negotiation meeting. But Dinny Lacey was told by um, Liam Lynch not to entertain talks of a truce yet. It was an ambush. Also shot with him was Paddy McDonough. And Paddy McDonough died the day after. Paddy McDonough's two sisters were arrested as well. They were found with ammunition. But they went in demanding to get the body of Paddy and everything. They were hard women too. Julia lived to 103, so we got a good lot of stories. What strikes me too is in the Glen... Why you, this is almost, it seems to me, with the knock me downs, as the last place where the Republicans had a lot of support in the Civil War. And, you know, they would, I would, my guess is they'd have none in Kildare or County Mead or virtually none. Why do you think that was? What's special about the people here, rugged, rugged people here? The, the, the uh, Irish language, uh, they love their Irish language, they love their Irish poetry, they love their Irish culture. So it's ingrained in them from years and years back. The Gelty Mountain Boy. I'd love anyone to tell me which one of them was the Gelty Mountain Boy. There were so many. Every generation had a Gelty Mountain. We've our own Gelty Mountain Boy here now either. Yeah. Father Reggie would disagree, but I think Joe, his brother, is our Gelty Mountain Boy. OK, John, here we are off the beaten track, down a few fields. And here stands a solitary cross you'd never even know was here, would you? Absolutely, you wouldn't. And this is all thanks now to Michael Gorman, who's allowed us in here, because I'm kind of interested in all this War of Independence Civil War. I've never been anywhere near this. But this is where Denny Lacey was shot. And he was in, of course, the Free State Army then were gradually taking over the country. They had much bigger numbers, and they were doing a sweep up through the Glen. There were reputed to be over a thousand of them there. And uh, they surrounded the house he was staying in. 
fine, but he managed to escape out of the house and he raced across the fields and he was being pursued by the Free State soldiers. But he'd probably have gotten away, but this actually happened in February 1923. And the story goes that actually the river, which runs down through the centre of the Glen, being in February, was in flood and he could not get across it. And maybe he, he wasn't able to swim either, but it was very difficult. So he had to stay on that side and then he couldn't escape and the Free State was caught up to him and he was shot crossing a fence here. So again, you know, it's another poignant example of all, you know, maybe the terrible things we've done to each other on all sides in the Civil War. Where is Denny Lacey buried? Denny Lacey is buried inside in, in, in Tipperary, in the Republican plot in Tipperary town. But I think the thing about him is he was one of, I think, we don't, we don't know a lot about him, but he was certainly one of the most uh, top leader certainly and he was originally born in Anacarty but the main thing to remember is that the likes of Dan Breen and Tom Barry and those wrote books that became bestsellers um, well Denny Lacey had passed away so in that sense we tend to have forgotten about him uh, but uh, he was I'd say an equal to any of the others who are better known in the War of Independence. And Mike, we're, we're going to the dugout then next. That's What's right. the significance of the dugout? The dugout is where they hid like you know Dan Breen was on the run then because like he was involved in all these ambushes, he was caught in the Glenavallo. Okay, Mick, after a bit of a trail, we find ourselves here, just under Schleipkushabina, on right. Conway's Glen. Yeah, you can hear Conway's Glen. Yeah, this is the site now, and you can see how remote it is, and how you look back up Conway's Glen, and then it's known as Conway's Glen down, just a little bit further down, and then it's known as Longford Glen. Right, and it's between Schlieff Koshnabina is here at the back of you and by the side, and Crook Mail is at the other side mm. where Giant's Rock is out over across the top of that. Now, what we can but see here then, it's just a few, a bit of stone that's left. Stone but how that's would it have looked? Oh, it, it would have been deeper than that. It was fairly big, like, because if you look at it, the tree is falling down on it, but the rocks are here, and they had that roofed that they had, and they had sods on it. It was like green grass you were walking over. And the report is that when they got captured in the April here, they were here. The Free Staters, they were expecting to come up because they had been to Donovan's house. See, Donovan was captured with him and they had been there and they knew there was a dugout because that was a safe home and these fellas would have fought on the same side one time, but this is the Civil War. So that they've come up here and it is reported that some fella that gave the information where, because they could never find Breen, even in the Civil War, they weren't able to yeah. find him. But that there was reports that there was an Afton fag box, a 20 Afton fag box. It's often talked about left on the top of the grass here. And they could know that there was the, the entrance was camouflaged with sods and things. And so that was everyone left thought. by the Free Staters as a mark? That, yeah, yeah, as a mark, yeah, by the Free Well, someone left it for the Free Staters yeah. to find because they came down, hundreds of them again, and they came down this way from Schlieve Kushnabina kind of at one side of the glen and at the other side they came from both sides and they were expecting them to come up the other way you know or even from even both sides mm. but they came down from behind you know it was a well-planned operation so they must have known because then when they arrived here the fag box and afterwards someone of the three said the fag box was left there you know that that's that would have never been captured so they ordered them to surrender and bring came like, or three of them came out like, well, they were surrounded by over a thousand men, mm. you know, and like they had only a few guns. So it's hard to believe it, yeah. But yeah. you can see the site you're in. Yeah. The views down over the whole valley. So you'd know what's happening nearly down there. Mm. And you had fellas lookouts and everything, but this was civil war, so a lot of people 
were which you are against you and you know the what happened was to Breen after that capture he was captured and brought into Tip Town. the whole lot of them the three of them were captured and they were massed up through the town and into the barracks there and then shortly after the truce and then the election and Breen was left out and he fought that it's incredible, such a, a, a huge piece of our history yeah, that yeah. You, if you came across it, you wouldn't realise. You wouldn't realise, like you're here, there's not a, not a thing here, not a plaque, not anything, only an old tree. Very few knows of this. I didn't know of this until only uh, during lockdown that it was, you know, you were two kilometres from your home. This, all this history was here, you know. Yeah. And we're hoping to do something uh, next year anyhow on the anniversary of it. it was the, this was later on in April. You had the 1st of April in Lisfernan, the yeah. ambush that killed... Um, Jerry Kiley. Correct. And then Dinny Lacey over uh, in Belly David and Clogher. And now you're here between Schlieve and Mook. Well, you're here in my favourite part of Ireland, the Geltis. And my own. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're at the other <laughs> side the of other the hill. Side. You're at the other side of the hill. <laughs> John, just to finish up then, I know we spoke yeah. about it last week as well. Yeah, and the but fact it's something that here to put to Michael yeah. as well, yeah. What all is, I mean, you know, I... First of you, thanks very much. You've taken me somewhere I never was before. Although I often heard of Dan, Dan Breen's uh, cave, actually, it was called. Yeah. But what I thought Dan Breen's cave was above at the back of Loch Curra. Yes. Now, somebody told me, oh, that's not his cave, that's the rebel's cave. Rebel's cave. cave. Now, he's, so, have you're right, yeah. yeah, yeah, but you see, uh, arms would have to be hid and everything, and you could, you could only put three or four men here, you could put eight or nine men above in the other one, mm. and you could actually then pack things into the side of the walls, because uh, if you wrapped a gun in a thing and you went into the cave, you wouldn't find it. Yeah. But I was shown where they put in the things, and uh, that would have been used by other men then, you know, mm. with Dan Breen and... And Donovan and Ryan, they were the only few that knew this one because the Free Staters didn't even know the five guys had to be left there for them because this was newly done. In this, when I say newly done, they never used it during the, during the War of Independence. Mm. This was done during the Civil War because Breen, every, they knew every safe house nearly, yeah. you know what I mean? So he had to get new places and the guilty boys were always able to find an old place, you know. <laughs> but it's a fa fascinating day and what I hope is now we can have the maturity. There's a great story to be told here in the Glen. So many places of historic interest in the Civil War and I hope Michael's thing can come true and that we can have some kind of a wonderful festival. Looks at our heritage, not in a non Because next year's a way. big year. Yes, and it will be a huge year that we can celebrate that. It's 100 years on now that we can celebrate that and we can understand that all the people who, you know, were involved there whatever they may they may have uh, different views but they were all vote motivated for the best of my own. I'm looking forward certainly to coming down here and I've learned an awful lot today.